It says we're live. Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. I'm your host, Chaney, the No Mustache More, and joining me here today is perhaps one of the most beloved and well-known figures in the EOS ecosystem today. Podcast <laughs> Ninja, Liquid Daps Community Relations Manager, Dappiness Co-Founder, the Finder of Facts, Digger of Dirt, the Sherlock Holmes of EOS, Mr. Zach Gall. <laughs> the meme champion of the world is meme here. Champion. For another episode of Everything EOS, why don't you but continue? Before, but before we get down to the nitty-gritty facts, Zach, come on. <laughs> I've got to do some housekeeping and get that out of the way. Please join us in the live chat. Smash that like button and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. While nothing we say here today may be construed as investment advice, well, we are talking about voice tokens. You can safely assume that neither Zach or I own them, and you don't own them because they're not out yet. That said, don't take investment advice from strangers on the internet or you will, what happened, what will happen to you? You're going to absolutely get wrecked. You will get wrecked. Unless you were only listening maybe in the last week or so, or a couple of days even, but you, usually you'll get wrecked in the last two years. Uh, if you listen to me, you get pretty wrecked. So <laughs> you, you did an amazing job at that intro, uh, an amazing job introducing Thanks. me. But uh, for my audience, I, I think everyone in the live chat saying that they're here specifically for you. Uh, but I think there might be like maybe three people in the audience who don't know who you are. <laughs> so you're, you're, you used to be world famous. You still are. The stash is, I, I think, your, your trademark at this point. But everyone knew, used to know you by uh, the CPU emergency, which I am rocking the limited edition T-shirt, which uh, you so nicely sent me. I don't know, like April 2018. Still, still it's, it's been a while, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. The mustache is on a hiatus. Uh, it sets its its watch by either tide uh, nor anything else other than my wife's demands occasionally. So it's gone for now. But uh, yeah, CPU emergency was was really how we, we made our first or made my first entrance in, into the EOS ecosystem. Um, you know, with with the current state of CPU and Rex and other other options and fixes out there, what we were doing wasn't very helpful to people here. So we we shut down at the end of the year and uh, I've been moving on to bigger and better things. I'm I'm now working closely with uh, EOS Rider to see what we might be able to do to um, expand above and beyond the current uh, current system that we have there. All right, but hey, I, I appreciate the invitation. You know, this is- uh, I appreciate you coming on such short notice. I had no idea uh, we were gonna uh, get a voice update out of the blue. Um, but I, I should have kind of been planning this episode anyway, because I'm gonna be busy the rest of the week. So I don't know uh, if I'll be able to do in the live stream. But um, lots of voice news actually this week. And actually, since the last time you even did like one of these update style episodes. So uh, for anyone who, I, I guess, signed up for the voice beta, did, did you get your uh, survey at the beginning of the week? Chain? I did. I did. And it was, it was pretty enlightening. Is, is, in fact, uh, they asked a lot of pertinent questions, um, you know, some that are specific to, I think, what their beta users how they currently consume uh, content and not only that but uh oh, man. looking I just, forward i and, just showed uh, my spoilers of the my oh don't share it I'm so uh yeah they, they're they're looking forward for information on, on how their beta users want to consume content but they're also asking pretty specific questions about influencers and how many followers you have and and what you're looking for and and, and reasons that you don't um maybe you don't enjoy certain types of content and, and what platforms you're using today, even 
even blockchain-based social media platforms. Um, yeah. I did, f did find interesting as well that they did ask if you're a U.S. citizen, what state you reside in. So that uh, we might talk a little bit more about that in a bit. I, I pulled up the email I got. I didn't click into the survey because one, I already took it. Uh, I think it would let me take it again. I, I was messing around with it earlier. I was going to take screenshots for you guys, but honestly, just sign up for the beta if you haven't. And if you are signed up, keep an eye out for that email. Um, I didn't get mine immediately. So I was like kind of upset. Like, where's my, my freaking email? I, I really want this. Uh, and then I got it. And I, I think there's still some people out in the community that haven't received theirs yet. So just give it some time or maybe even sign up again with another email address. I don't really know, but I personally filled out the survey immediately. I, I don't know if there's any incentive or not to do so, but I want to be at the absolute top of this waiting list to get into the beta. So I figured it, it wasn't going to hurt to fill it out. And yeah. what did the email say there, Zach, pull it back up. Uh, it, it didn't say that, uh, that there necessarily was any incentive, but those that no. filled out the, uh, the, the survey may uh, may be prioritized in the invitation line. So yeah, if you get it, take and you want to get into beta first, go ahead, fill that out and get that back to, to B1. So uh, prior to uh, this voice news, uh, the most recent voice news was actually, I, I don't think I covered it on everything EOS, but uh, it was announced that there was a new CEO named for voice, uh, Salah. Uh, Zalatimo, and he is uh, the former chief global officer of Forbes, like Forbes magazine. And I, I thought he was a very strategic hire. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I, I did call us uh, on December 21st on everything EOS. Uh, Brendan Bloomer like tagged Salah in like a tweet or something, was talking about integrity in the media and like decentralizing journalism. I, I don't remember the exact context, but I put a few pieces together. And I thought I was making a prediction, but it turned out to be a spoiler. Um, and Shaney actually pulled up some interesting uh, stuff on Salah. So not only is uh, he super experienced as the former chief digital officer of Forbes, a major, major company, but you found this hilarious uh, boxing video here. Uh, how, how'd you even come across this thing? Uh, it was shared with me, actually. I, I think it was... Uh... Uh, it was actually Dimitri or maybe Kenny that shared this with me. So I can't take full credit with you and for what, it. What do we want to cue this up for it? Whenever he touches. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, go watch him. He's a fighter here, man. He, he doesn't hold back. Watch him. You know, normally you, you, you touch gloves before you start fighting. Not this time, boy, come on in here. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, he, he, you know, if nothing else, he's somebody that's, that's going to fight for voice and, 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 uh, and, uh, to the line for us. Now that said, he did win the bout. He, he, he won by decision. And the other interesting thing about his background, besides being uh, super high up at, at Forbes, uh, whenever, th there's this other uh, blockchain media company called Civil. I'm not super familiar with it. It is an Ethereum project. I think it's consensus backed. I think they may have raised like what, I don't know, like $9 million of capital, if that. And they were going to be integrating in Forbes. Uh, they still might be. I'm, I'm not really to this but there's a quote from Salah from whenever he was at Forbes and this is from October 2018 so keep in mind this is like almost a year and a half old but he said quote we are relentlessly focused on rapid experimentation and implementation so that we can determine what's in the best interest of our audience and what is next for the industry said Salah Zalatimo 
Uh, Forbes and Civil believe passionately in the mission of journalism and together we can provide audiences with a level of unprecedented transparency around their content. We'll also be able to expand the reach of our writers and identify new revenue channels over time. So basically he has experience of building like an integrity based blockchain based CMS for journalists. So he has that experience. Uh, I think that'll carry over. And it, it says in this press release, I'm not going to um, go read the entire thing for you guys because you can find it on the voice blog. But it mentioned that he built uh, the, the CMS at Forbes, like aside from Civil, he built that CMS from scratch. They built a completely proprietary in-house CMS specifically for content sharing, content aggregation, and like a wide network of authors. So having this experience, I think, is going to be crucial. And I, I think one of the things that people haven't really speculated on since this announcement is the fact that he was called out as the CEO. It's not like they said he's like the, the EVP of voice or like the director of voice, the CEO. Like nobody's talking about this, but mm -hmm. does this mean that voice is a separate company? What do you think about that, James? Yeah, I think voice is, is going to be a separate legal entity outside of, of Block.1. And, and while there, uh, there may be legal lines of reporting that go up that chain, uh, it, it's definitely going to be uh, somewhat segregated uh, from the day-to-day -day, uh, operations of, of Block 1. So you can have a CEO of a joint venture or a downstream subsidiary without a problem. So there still will be a relationship, obviously, but it, it'll be a little bit, uh, little bit separate. <laughs> so um, with, with the presentation we're about to pull up, that's kind of like the next bit of news here. The bottom of it still said Block 1. And I mean, it, it's still, do you think it's like uh, block one's like a parent umbrella company? And then we're going to have like these small subsidiary companies of every product that they launch. Yeah, I think that's a real possibility. You know, they, they want to uh, let the products do or the, the different streams, the different uh, entities do what they need to do. And, and you're right. They'll be like an umbrella company. They'll be the parent company potentially watching over them, providing some guidance, providing, you know, the tools and assets that they need. Uh, there'll be some centralized parts of that like the legal may be centralized hr may be centralized maybe they rely upon the parent company for that information but their main focus they can focus on just building voice or just building whatever they come up with next i'm, I'm excited um i i think one last thing on sala before uh we move on to today's announcements and news is uh, i gotta pull it up uh, right here. So this is just a, a post on social media that Salah made right after his uh, announcement of his hiring on January 9th. He says, quote, uh, technology can solve the problems that plague social media. The EOS blockchain has the speed and scale to power a social media platform with integrity in its DNA. We will build voice to realize the mission. This mission. The future is bright. I loved seeing those uh, three letters. I love EOS IO. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I, I love EOS also. I think it's kind of like the going to be the thread of trust. I think with decentralized identity, which is going to be such a huge, huge part of what voice is, I, I feel like that has to be on a public blockchain, and it might. It, it, it's not going to happen day one, and, and I think that's okay. But but I did like uh, how he kind of pointed the focus here, and he just. I think everyone at Block One's pretty careful of which letters they're using between EOS and EOSIO. And I just felt very bullish on that. I think it's going to be multi-chain. I think there's a possibility that it, it could live on 
different chains at the, at the same time. And I'm not just talking about the, the private chains that they've already uh, brought up, but I'm not, I'm not going to speculate too much on what voice is going to be because we only have freaking two weeks to, to talk right. about features. Let's, let's talk about what came out today. So today, uh, one of the, let me pull up my screen again. Um, the last time we heard about regulation in the SEC was never, uh, Brendan here was at the SEC with Dan Larimer and he tweeted out focused on making data integrity a priority hashtag blockchain. Yeah, so that's that date, December 13th, 2019. December 13th. So then we hadn't heard anything about it. We speculated on what it might be about. But today uh, on social media, they, they posted the link to the blog. It's also on the voice.com blog. We got a really a, as close of an indicator as we could possibly get of what that meeting was about. Block One actually shared uh, their entire uh, redacted pitch deck from the, the meeting. It was about voice. And we're going to walk through the slides uh, and we're going to kind of discuss each one, highlight the, the major uh, points of interest. Mm -hmm. um, before you, did this before you get to the slides, go back out to the just the general uh, the general article right there. No, no, the um, oh. that one. And just go back out and just exit that. So if you scroll down a little bit, what, some of the interesting things uh, in, in this article itself, uh, right there, it says in that third paragraph, after scrolling through pages, you might ask why I divulge so much. We're committed to consulting with key stakeholders, in this case, regulators. And, and uh, someone brought this up in our chat, I think it was Zane, that, that said, um, you know, what are they saying that that regulators are key stakeholders? And, and yeah, they are. Depending on how this is set up, uh, the government and regulators really have a chance to to actually benefit. Uh, depending on how Block One sets this up, from I hate to say it, I know it's a it's an evil word in a lot of blockchain business, but from tax revenue generated from the creation of value associated with the voice tokens. So. Um, these regulators are, are very interested in making sure this is done and done correctly. And if voice can do it, do it right, they're going to be supportive and they're going to be behind block one and getting this done. It'll be great. I we'll, we'll get into some of the predictions on like the tax stuff in a bit. Let's, let's just start yeah. with slide one. Uh, so anyone that follow, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, more underscore Cheney. You, 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 this is actually what, uh, uh, made me reach out to Cheney was because he put out a great tweet today that uh, had some highlights of the key points in this presentation. We're just going to kind of re recap those for you guys here. All right. So we've got the cover, nothing here, the overview of voice. Uh, I I'm not sure where we want to start. I don't yeah, we, we can skip slide. this. So, so sorry for those of you that, that are uh, not watching this on YouTube and may catch a podcast later because we're going <laughs> to, we're going to be a lot of visual here for the, for the YouTube uh, listeners here the only thing here that you might mention uh, is they talk about and we'll touch on it again uh, how you don't know uh the algorithms that they're in today's today's social media you don't know how youtube promotes certain content or 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 how you get uh promoted content on facebook or anything else uh the good thing about about voice is, is they're going to be open with that uh one of the things i'm hoping for from voice and i'm really not expecting it day one is that since it's an open platform, like like they mentioned here, like they don't know, we, we don't know the algorithms that YouTube uses or that Facebook uses. But if voice is just this shared data layer that everyone shares the same database of users and, and posts and information, then the algorithm you use for, for content delivery 
could be custom. I think you could have a custom front end with a custom developed like uh, AI like algorithm, like interest or algorithm. So that I think eventually you'll be able to have the option of deciding like, what do you want to show up on your timeline? Maybe mm-hmm. I only want to see pictures of cats. Maybe I only want to see videos. Maybe I only want to see like links to stuff. I, it doesn't, yeah. but I, I think that those are going to exist. And I think we could have multiple front ends for the same back end. And one of the interesting things here too, is they're probably talking about is, is when content is boosted and and how much they're paying and, and uh, how it gets in front of your, your screen. Uh, They do mention later on and we'll talk about there, but how you can edit and adjust the content that comes to you as a user. It's going to be great. The the more customizable that is, the better. Yeah. They talk about fake accounts and and mass manipulation there. I don't know if that's uh, probably just a little, um, throwback to the uh, 2016 election and Facebook manipulation that went on there with the voters potentially. Mm-hmm. So mo- moving on to the next slide, incentives for the current regime. Today, people don't control social media. Social media controls them. Uh, they talk about kind of like fake accounts and how, how there's a bunch of bots. You don't know who's real. So how- one, one key thing there about the fake accounts, and they, they, they uh, put it directly towards how more accounts attracts more advertisers. But what they don't talk about here is that um, when you have proven KYC users on board, will those advertisers be willing to pay more per user Ooh. to get in front of them versus, say, Twitter, where they don't know uh, how many accounts uh, are real accounts? You just brought up a very valid point. That's huge. Like, look at views for an example. Like, look, look at my YouTube channel here. Like, our, our view count since June, it's crypto in general, it's slowly been going down, but there's still like usually like 1500, 2000 views per video, even in, in this climate. But like, if I was like chasing advertisers, like, I could easily find somewhere on the internet where I could pay someone or some service and boost those numbers. So, if I'm like accepting advertising money. I'm not talking like the built-in YouTube advertising. Let's say I found a sponsor like Cypherglass sponsored the show for the entire year last year. Uh, I could boost my numbers or uh, if it's a banner ad, I could run bots on the web page and make that banner ad get a bunch of impressions. So the cost per impression today is probably going to be much cheaper than what the cost per impression would actually be on voice because with voice, you know that each one of those impressions is being seen by a real person. Is a unique individual and you know their location. Of course, you probably already do that a little bit through IP addresses and whatnot. But uh, yeah, you know they're a real person. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I I think they should understand it, but you never know. And I think we're going to see some uh, egos of celebrities kind of get shattered a little bit whenever they realize that they probably didn't have as many followers as they thought they did. Mm I remember like Justin Bieber got purged before lost like millions of people, Trump, like a bunch of people. It's not, they might not even be the ones paying for it. All right. Anything else on this slide? No, I think you're good. Uh, the, the no value back to users. And that comes with the voice token. We'll, we'll get into that in lots of future slides here. All right. Voice combines familiar features of, of like current social media with new technologies to return control and benefits to the users. That's, basically the selling pitch of voice. Uh, Voice will have features familiar with anyone who uses social media, but their key innovation features that sets it apart from current social medias that we're used to is one, the blockchain infrastructure to provide transparency and therefore trust in the database layer, 
and then the distribution of the platform, the user attention, the voice token. So right. So the, one one interesting thing here they point out is is the uh, the tokens will be consumed to promote or elevate content throughout the platform. Now we know that that uh, voicing it uh, pays part of the, the person that may you you may be um, out voicing if you will that you're elevating your comment in front of the other and we do know that a portion of that per some of Dan's telegram notes uh, a portion of that was supposedly burned or, or used or that person's using it to promote their information and I assume boosting or elevating content will do the same um, so we'll see what we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about what may happen with those tokens that you use that you don't get back mm-hmm uh, I, I think it's a very interesting model and it's it's one that we've kind of seen work. I think one of the most exciting blockchain projects and, and most closest to mainstream right now is Brave and the BAT token, mm -hmm. basic attention token. I, I think they proved that this model could work. Uh, so I, I don't doubt that that voice could be even bigger than that. And Block One has a lot more zeros in their bank account than, than probably Brave. Sure. Although Brave has amazing founders just like block one's got Dan Larimer. So I don't want to talk down on brave because I, I love it. Um, all right. Unique value proposition. Do you want to cover this slide? Sure. So, you know, a, a unique value proposition, just so you know, is, is the, um, the clear statement, the benefit that you, you give to your users. Uh, it's, it's your, uh, your campaign is what you're, you're basing your whole campaign on your whole marketability on. So these are the three things that, that voice is really trying to use to set aside and, and distance itself from other platforms. Real identity, using online identity verification through KYC, transparency, using the EOS, EOS IO blockchain architecture. We already talked about a little bit about not being EOS here, but we'll talk about that a bit more here in a minute and the alignment between platform and users. This is uh, using the voice token to incentivize users. And that's the thrill, three things that they are going to be hammering home uh, in their advertising campaign whenever that happens uh, and to make sure that that's crystal clear. Um, yep. Uh, I don't have anything to add there except that they never mentioned like their unique uh, ID solution that we uncovered no. the patent for a couple months ago. So I don't know how that's going to be involved on day one. It might just be a, a KYC process and we'll, we'll get into more detail. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, regulators are, are quite ready to take uh, Dan's newly patented version of, of, of identity, proof of identity. And that still probably doesn't meet their requirements that they need potentially for uh, certain, you know, tax laws and, and other, other KYC uh, requirements. Uh, I, I've talked about this before, but I, I, I could definitely see, like, I think deep down, Dan, even, even though Block One's playing very, very friendly and nicely with regulators, as they should, deep down, Dan is uh, an anarch, anarchist. He's an anarchist yeah. cap, and he wants to disrupt the system. So one of the ideas that I've expressed on this show many times is that if you use a KYC process to build your initial user base, let's say your first million users are all KYC'd. Uh, since this is blockchain, like I don't know if you'll be able to fork the database or create your own and change the rules or whatnot, um, mm -hmm. but you could eventually change the game up. And once you have a, or a million verified users, you create this web of trust. We know that those first million users are real unique individuals. 
And then everyone else that comes into the system after that comes in through like a web of trust. Like they would have to be in a picture with someone or be invited by someone. And mm-hmm. then th- there's going to be things that you could do throughout the voice platform to prove uh, more proof of work that you're a real unique individual. And w- we saw some of that in the patent. Like every time I take a picture and tag someone else that's on voice and they probably click, yes, this is me. That increases the, the proof of, of work, the web of trust. And I don't know if that'll have to do with the voice token incentive. I think everyone will get the same amount, but maybe you'll be able to earn extra by proving you're more of a real person or validating other people are real people. Maybe it'll, I I hope they gamify it. I I hope there's some gamification in there. And imagine if like my wife signs up one day and it's like, Hey, we noticed that your wife signed up. Why don't you take a picture with her? And it gives me like a voice token for doing that. I don't know. Sure. Change it from uh, the voice platform to the choice platform and, and, and don't have KYC going forward. That'd be cool. We'll see. Uh, but at first I'm fully like, we know this is a KYC thing. Yeah. We're, 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 we're doing day one. This is exactly what this presentation is outlining. I don't expect any big surprises on day one. I, I'd be happy to get some, but we'll see. All right, this slide's all you. It looks like a lot of words. Yeah, so on this slide, they're talking about um, this, this first sentence here is interesting. Verified identity helps ensure civil discourse between real people to combat some systemic manipulation. So civil discourse, and we're going to talk about this in a bit too, but they're making sure that, that the conversation and the content on the platform uh, meets certain uh, community requirements. So keep civil civil discourse in mind as you go through some of this. But they do mention, as you talked about KYC earlier, that uh, to be a user on the platform, it requires you to complete KYC steps, which includes a valid photo ID and a proof of address to completely identify and establish a place of residence. So they'll want to know where you live for them to be able to comply with the regulations in the area that you live in. So uh, just keep in mind, you're, if you want to be a part of the process and get paid, this is just the price you do. Otherwise, the platform, Joining Voice, is free. Um, and, and the reason you get paid is because you are proving you're a unique individual. Uh, one of the other things that's on this slide that's, that's in really interesting is that uh, you will be identified by your real name. You cannot hide behind a pseudonym at the beginning. Uh, you will be posting as Zach Gall. I will be posting as Cheney Moore. And anybody else will be posting as their real name. It does give us a little teaser that in the future, we can use privacy options that will still, what they say, preserve the integrity of the unique individual, but will give us a little bit of, of security and, and hiding. And we talked about fake accounts earlier. Uh, they do use a, a fact here that Facebook has close to 5.4 billion fake accounts so far this year. That's not in total. That's just this year. Damn. So um, that I, is a problem. I, I think there's two uh big pieces of like update or news or confirmation here the first is this is the first uh they've asked for proof of residency as part of kyc you assume that they'll ask for like your driver's license your passport which has your address on it but for everyone who's done like more detailed kyc sometimes they'll ask for like a utility bill or something Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't outline that specifically here but it kind of throws up a red flag for me that it might be something even more than a driver's license or a passport. And 
for every additional document you ask for is adding a layer of friction for the onboarding process. So it'll be very interesting to see how they, they make that fun and, and something you want to do. Uh, one way they could do that is with, with the voice token itself. I, I think on the next slide, it mentions that you get 30 days of voice tokens at sign up, mm -hmm. which is like a signing bonus. I don't know what the dollar amount on that would be, but even if it's like a couple dollars, let's say like five, I don't know. I don't know what it'll be worth. I don't even want to speculate on that. It, it won't be worth much at the beginning as there won't be anybody willing to advertise on the platform on probably. Uh, we think. I mean, who knows what B1's doing behind the scenes? They, they may have some advertisers uh, set up um, going forward, but I, I don't think there'll be much demand at the very beginning. Users uh, beget uh, ad revenue, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And then the other news is that there, in the future, there might be sub accounts that could be pseudo anonymous. So what that would mean is think of it like your owner active keys, like your owner key is like your identity. And then your active keys could all be different identities. And I, I don't know how they would obfuscate that information and that linking publicly. Uh, but maybe if they allowed sub accounts, I think Dan, like right after B1 June even mentioned that like, every real identity might get like one like pseudo anonymous sub account or something. But if I'm like trolling people or being real nasty with that sub account and someone blocks that account, mm -hmm. I would assume that it would block all of my accounts. I think that would hopefully be a, be a feature of this in the future. Possibly. Next slide. Open blockchain architecture creates transparency. That's basically what blockchain is. Uh, blockchain serves as an immutable traceable history of actions that is available to anyone to review and understand. That's the public so, ledger. So it says uh, at the first bullet point there, unique records on the voice blockchain. Doesn't say that that is on a, a public blockchain. Doesn't say that it's on the EOS blockchain. Doesn't say that it's on any side chain. It says the voice blockchain. Uh, and that leads me to believe, like we've talked about and discussed before, that, that this will be hosted the majority of the data will be hosted on a private um, block one controlled or voice controlled chain. Now that said, it said for all major actions on voice, and it goes on to say signing up, posting, commenting, liking, and following. But there's a very, very key thing missing there. It doesn't say anything about the transfer of voice tokens. So that could mean could mean that the voice tokens will uh, live on a, a more public blockchain. Just speculation there, but it seems a pretty mm -hmm. obvious one to to leave out. And if you're going to transfer tokens uh, and allow people to sell tokens and, and, and as we'll talk about, there's some there's some issues with that as well. We'll talk about in a second. Uh, you may need to have that on a publicly trusted chain, uh, and that's probably not the voice blockchain. Maybe maybe they're uh, taking some notes of Liquid Apps and the way we're handling our uh, multi-chain. <laughs> so the way we do it, you is heard it here, folks, right here. The DAP token lives on the EOS mainnet. All provisioning and billing happens on the EOS mainnet, but with Liquid X and Liquid Link all of the DAP network services could actually be deployed on other blockchains. So for all intents and purposes, DAP network is on like WAX, for example, but the billing provisioning and the token lives on the EOS mainnet because it is the most secure blockchain with the highest market cap and uh, the most users and a lot of other reasons. Uh, it has regulatory 
clarity uh, based on the SEC letter that we saw uh, back in like September, I think. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, if they if they launch the token on on the EOS uh, blockchain versus the voice blockchain, there might be some additional uh, regulatory incentives and clar- clarity there. Mm-hmm. And as far as calling it the voice blockchain, I think every company is going like not every big company I think is going to need its own blockchain. Enterprise, uh, they they can't afford to all be on a public network that doesn't make sense you put the most valuable data and the highest value data on the public network and that like you said it could potentially be the voice token and do we expect that day one hell no it's a beta it's going to be on a test net that there's no surprises here nobody should expect anything that's going to probably make them any money on day one it's just to give feedback and use the voice platform and gossip about it on the internet that's what we're going to do here yeah. So it does say there that you know the, the transactions and uh, the users' uh, information, not information, history of actions is public record. Uh, and there were some comments that we'll touch on later on, but but the posts that people make are editable. I wanted to point that out here. We'll talk That's about it later. Huge. That already makes it better than Twitter. Sign me up. Yeah. All right, next slide. Tokens allow users to earn their fair share of the beneficial output of their efforts. What, what do you got? This here? is this is pretty straightforward stuff. We already already knew that the tokens will be given to you for um, engagement. That authors we talked about boosting can can put their content at the top of a feed potentially by boosting their content, and uh, also that it. Uh, people that have popular content and get more likes and interaction with the public will get more tokens. Now what's clear here, and we thought it was already the case, but it's very clear here that uh, registered users will be given tokens. You talked about that uh, on entry and to participate on a regular day, daily basis. We'll find out later. And so that acts a little bit like Dan's UBI, all you could do is, is wake mm-hmm. up and, and log on and maybe like a few posts and, hey, you've got voice tokens and those tokens have real value. Only registered users could hold those tokens. That's, I don't think, new news. That's kind of been confirmed. It says on this slide, transfers between registered users is integral to proper functioning of the system. In order to help balance the asymmetrical dynamics between content creation and demand for promoted content and engagement mechanics. What that means is the demand for the tokens is a lot of that demand is going to come from like traditional advertisers. They're the ones that are going to be buying the tokens. It's not going to be chaining me buying the tokens off of other people. If you get your daily allotment of voice tokens, if you don't care to voice your own posts or voice the posts of your favorite influencers, maybe you want to monetize those by giving them to advertisers, or maybe it could be a, 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 a trading of services. I, I talked about this, uh, the episode I was speculating that that Sala uh, might have some, or not Sala, but Forbes and Sala might have something to do with Block One and Voice. And I brought up the paywall. Imagine a world where paywalls to news sites. So, like, this is one of the biggest problems in journalism today is everyone uses ad blockers, myself including. And you always go to these sites and they give you these like unclosable pop ups that say, like, shut off your ad blocker, you can't access this site. Or they'll put up a paywall where it's like you gotta pay, and it's a business model, guys. Like they, someone's gotta get paid somewhere. The authors need paid. The publisher needs paid. Uh, but nobody wants to divvy up that money. No one wants to give up their coins. Uh, but what if those coins were free? What if you got those coins every day for free, 
And with, I don't know how much dollar value it has, but it doesn't matter what the dollar value is. The, the utility value is what matters. What if my daily allotment of voice tokens is enough to get me a subscription to Forbes, a subscription to the Wall Street Journal, and a subscription to the New York Times? That would save me so much time opening up incognito windows and turning on VPNs. <laughs> I, I would be so happy. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. You can you can potentially have the smart contract that you forego your daily allotment of tokens to allow you access to automatically to other ones. You mentioned that you know that Cheney Moore wouldn't want to you know, transfer his tokens to Zach Gall, but that may not be the case. If you go to that next next uh, bullet point, there it says that um, influencers may want to increase their reach and using tokens to boost their content. So other users who don't need as many voice tokens to use them. Uh, well, we can. I can sell my tokens potentially directly to, to Zach, or, or on a, well, maybe a centralized voice exchange. We'll have to figure that one out. Take hand mails too, freebies, <laughs> like like my T-shirt. You'll take. Yeah, there you go. You, you got that for free too, didn't you? I did. I, I probably plugged you, but I don't think that was part of our agreement. No, I appreciate it though. All right, are we ready for the next slide? Let's do it. All right, let's fly through. So we got I don't know how many more we've got, but not too much. Uh, we've got about four or five more to go. All right. So this is just talking about um, how uses or con consumptive uses help identify popular content. That's about the, the consumption of the token. Uh, so in the like rewards, it says a formula calculates the number of tokens to be awarded and then compares it to all the other, to all the other posts that got likes. And then it, it gives a like reward. Uh, we saw in telegram, Dan mentioned this before that was basically saying there's a 24 hour window where all the likes are calculated. And then, um, and then we see, take this big pot of, of like rewards and we divvy that out to, to the, um, on a pro rata basis, I assume we'll see an algorithm that may kind of tail off at the top, but it divvies those like rewards out to the content creators based on how much interaction they got. Um, and I'm, so, go ahead. I'm, I'm excited for that uh, and how it's like got a unique algorithm and how th this is one of the biggest problems with Steemit was not having an identity layer and being able to game the system by creating basically like like farms. So you get like couple dozen friends and each one of those friends has a couple different accounts and you just all like each other's stuff and make money. That's going to be really hard to do on here. I mean, I'll be able to like Cheney stuff if I want, but if like I start doing it in such a way that it's like showing a, a behavior, like a negative behavior, um, we'll, we'll get into it in a later slide, but like you, you could be punished for that. Like they can cut off your voice token supply, for example. That's right. It's kick you out completely. It's actually uh, on this slide. Yeah, you're right. So the logic behind the content is, is uh, transparent. Everybody will be able to see it. What we didn't know, I think, before this this slide here, was that um, that you, the community, uh, will be able to receive token rewards for helping moderate content. So you, you're right, Zach. If you go out and you find some content that doesn't meet what they call the community standards, and we don't know what that is yet, of course, but if you find content that, that maybe is uh, uh, outside the bounds of what we want to see on voice or you want to see on voice, you can you can report that. And eventually, if it's, if it's re removed or prohibited, uh, you might get a reward. And those violators potentially may have their tokens canceled. So that means that block one will have full control uh, of the token contract. That is news. And let's take it a step further. If you have a unique ID 
and you're banned from using the voice platform. You can't just go up and, and, and spin up another alt account nope. and come back and join it. You're probably gone for good unless you want to go out and pay somebody to do KYC for you, which is, is potential. Uh, but later on, we'll see that, that they may have a biometric and you need them every time you tweet. <laughs> well, they say that they may continue from time to time to ask you to verify your KYC. So there may be audit checks here and there asking you to re-verify your information to make sure you are a live person, not, not a buying of KYC accounts. Identity is the secret sauce to all of this because right. it all comes down to making people accountable for their actions. Just like in real life, you get one life, you get one reputation, you got to live, live and die by it. This is going to add that, that layer of accountability and trust to the internet. And that's just never really happened to this day. I know a lot of people have tried and a lot of people are still are trying, uh, but hopefully uh, $4 billion and a world-class team of uh, experts and C-level staff is, is going to be enough to make this happen. And we'll continue giving you more reasons why. Let's uh, Continue to the next slide. Kick it off. My sure. So um, you will receive, like we said earlier, regularly, regular daily allowance of tokens. Um, and here's a caveat that can be used however you want, comma, within the rules of voice. So we talked about earlier about only uh, you, only voice users, KYC user accounts can own voice tokens. So you can't do exactly whatever you want with them. You can only transfer them to other voice, KYC voice accounts, or potentially uh, advertisers that have a KYC account, or we don't know, again, purely speculation, maybe non, maybe centralized exchanges or, or uh, other people can uh, hold voice tokens with a KYC account, Maybe un-KYC people can buy those on exchange and have the exchange hold those tokens for them to be a speculative asset, if you will, on that exchange without ever being a KYC account. You know, that KYC, that account uh, at the exchange would just be uh, on a ledger and those, those tokens would never really get transferred to the person. It would just be a, uh, a speculative holding of the voice tokens. Like a, almost like a derivatives market. I could have a million voice tokens and be able to prove it on chain that I own them mm -hmm. and then basically do paper trading on like, there you go. Sell exchange. the shares, right. For a certain amount of time. That's exactly right. You mentioned earlier, 30 day allowance up front for signing up. This is where they talk about that. So that's, that's great. We don't know how much that's going to be worth, but uh, Hey, a full month of, of rewards up front just for it's enough up. that I keep going back to that paywall example. Cause I think that's almost like a surefire thing because that was a feature that was on Forbes was a cryptocurrency paywall that allows you to pay in crypto. Getting that 30 days. So imagine you're on Forbes. Let's use Forbes as our example. You get paywalled and there's no way around it. You don't feel like using the VPN. It's like, hey, you can get it for free if you create a voice account. And I'm just like, oh God, I'm so, I'm so sick of going around these paywalls. Mm -hmm. All right. Like it's all about the utility of the token. It, like dollar value aside, how much is access to this news site behind this paywall worth to you yeah or, and this 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 is their incentive to get you to comply with the kyc hey we know it's a pain mm -hmm. tell you what we're rewarding you here's 30 days worth of tokens thanks for doing it and then we'll reward you every day for the other activities and brands are going to need those voice tokens so mm -hmm. what, what's a what's a favorite brand of yours cheney clothing brand or something oh lord i, I don't wear clothes i just go around <laughs> all right um 
man, I don't know. Uh, let's say go with Nike. You're a big fan of Nike. Nike is going to need voice tokens if they want to advertise on voice. So there's going to be a market. Nike needs voice tokens. You like Nike swag. Oh, hey, they're, they're offering these limited edition Nike keychain t-shirt swag thingies for voice tokens. It, it creates its own marketplace. Like, yeah. dollar, like what is that Nike shoe limited edition worth to you? Like, who cares if the tokens are worth? What's the shoe worth to you? That's what the token's worth or whatever they want for them. This yeah. is going to create a, a whole ecosystem. Yeah. And it, it's exciting just talking about this. All so right. they, they, they go on a little bit here later. The last bullet point in this slide, they talk about other types of rewards. Other types of rewards may be offered. So they're working on this. For example, exceptional content for watching ads, for helping to moderate content, we talked about that earlier, and for inviting others to join voice and so on. So that's interesting. Will the uh, the reward for inviting others be an ongoing oh, referral yeah. fee? Imagine what? that referral system. If I yeah. got, imagine if it was percentage based in perpetuity. Yeah. Everyone I sign up, I get 1%, a half a percent of all of their daily voice token earnings in perpetuity forever. Yeah, forever. That'd be amazing. Imagine the early adopters, how much of a network effect that might create because this is a life potentially, if it works out, a lifetime so, of token earnings. Yeah, wasn't there uh, something that, that Dan or Brandon put out, Brandon put out very early on about if you had influencers swap over with 100 million followers, they could get $50 million something relatively quickly. Like yeah. So this is an example. If it's a one-time reward, fine. Uh, it'll still be nice. But if it's an ongoing evergreen reward, then wow, that'd be huge. So, so you brought up a Bloomer tweet from like right after B1 June. So he said something about that. And he said something about how they have an influencer budget in the hundreds of, of millions yeah. of dollars. So not only, and maybe they're talking voice tokens, but we know the war chest that Block One has, and we know money talks. And once you get the influencers, man, society it's, people like to follow the leader man once you if you get like a taylor swift or like an oprah or i don't know like the level of celebrities that they're targeting here but i'm looking forward to being surprised yeah this could happen quick and this network effect like i think going like as soon as like this network effect begins i think it's just going to snowball into like this avalanche of excitement because people are just going to be getting paid it's going to be like I don't know the dollar amounts and it doesn't even have to be a lot because like I, I keep saying, like the more utility that they can give to the token, then the dollar amount doesn't matter as much. It's all about the utility. Yeah. Think about all the people you see on crypto Twitter, you know, retweeting and chilling, you know, uh, tweets and, and, and for pennies or, or for, you know, oh, a thousand Tron or, or whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, they'll, they'll do, they'll do some pretty crazy things and, and silly things, honestly, if you throw a little money at them. This is, this is going to be no different. But the transparency of this all will show that like, you'll know who's getting paid by whom for what potentially if yeah. you're willing to dig deep enough into the blockchain. You talked about getting the audience that, that, that segues really, really nicely into the next bullet point, the next slide. Uh, I say, once we have the audience, uh, voice will be an attractive place for businesses to spend their advertising dollars. And that goes back to what we talked about, that the, the advertising dollars follows uh, the audience, and especially if it's a real audience. So that'll be good. What we didn't 
know clearly here and, and is that third bullet point here to support the development and monetize our efforts we intend to receive roughly 10 percent of the tokens created annually based on the total outstanding supply which we'll use to sell to advertisers who want to interact with the voice platform so this is essentially how the voice um, company when you talked about voice being a separate company, a separate legal entity, this is one of the ways uh, that they will make money. They don't say it here. I, I assume that you mentioned, you know, other businesses integrating and other platforms integrating. I assume that they're going to eventually have some sort of consulting arm, uh, integration arm, some platform developers to go out and help businesses integrate and join and learn how to, to be a part of the voice and have potentially their own uh, related uh, voice platform there. So once, and we assume it's once, we don't know, but once um, the advertisers buy what they can from block one, they go on to say advertisers would buy the rest of the tokens they need from users. And that's what we said earlier, that the advertisers are going to need to buy the tokens. They're going to be able to get some of the tokens from block one, but block one only has, or voice only has 10% of the tokens. If they want more, they're going to have to come out and, and buy those from the users. Something I didn't catch the first time, uh, the top bullet point on the right Mm -hmm. Read what's in the parentheses there. Uh, uh, created through inflation or received from users through voice it, which is voicing a post and promoting it, or tag sales. All right. Tag sales. This is something new. So imagine owning the hashtag. So maybe like owning a category, like you could pay for it to, to the highest bidder. If I want to own the BTC hashtag, it's going to cost me a lot of voice tokens. Interesting. And then you get a stream of the revenue of every time someone uses that tag from their post. This is new wow. news. I, this is actually like right this second is the first time I noticed that. That's huge. Yeah. Well, also from that, what I, that they mentioned that they will receive uh, tokens to the voice. It. And previously, I believe in Telegram, Dan said that, you know, the person that you get voiced over by, um, will receive 100% plus 10%, 110% of whatever they paid to voice it. And then a portion over and beyond that will be burned. Uh, I don't think we knew until now that the voice company or platform itself would receive a portion of every voice it. That's news. So any anything else new on here? No, I think that's it. All right. So then we got... So this is, is how it becomes what they say a fully fledged social uh, media platform. We talked about the unique ID, but we didn't talk about creating content. So they're going to be able to post text, pictures, videos, and links. And like we mentioned earlier, editing, deleting, and collecting rewards. So even though there may be a permanent um, uh, transaction on the blockchain, you will still be able to edit and delete old posts. They won't be out there potentially visible, easily visible for everybody. You may be able to dig down in the blockchain and see some of that information, but uh, but you can't edit it like you cannot on Twitter. I think uh, Steemit is like that. Uh, so Steemit doc, like there's the Steam blockchain and then there's Steemit, the front end website. Steemit.com can censor certain posts or, or authors but those authors and posts are still on the Steam blockchain. It's just the front end, which in this case would be like voice.com. The front end could block those posts from being seen. And I think that's kind of 
what would happen, you'd flag a post as like deleted and obviously you can't delete it from the blockchain, but you just flag it to not be seen publicly on the front end of this particular uh, front end for voice. So they mentioned tags here again, down there at the bottom line that you, you, mm-hmm. you homed in on earlier. Content tagging, creating tags, buying tags, searching and following. So I'm not sure what the difference is. If you can create tags, mm-hmm. um, then how do you buy tags? So that'll be that'll be neat to see how they work that out and game, game the system. I just want to call out here. This is like the third time I've seen in the live chat. Voice beta goes live on February 14th. That's just over two weeks from today. So if you weren't aware of that, sorry, we didn't tell you at the beginning of the show, uh, but February 14th is when this all goes live. Um, so I, was, I had something in my mind. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> so some of the other things you can do are, are just normal things you can do on most platforms. You can mint at, at somebody. Uh, you can search for f- individuals or content. You can follow somebody. You can block somebody. And we, we heard this before, but they didn't ever come out and say how they're going to do it. You can direct message somebody on the blockchain. Nice. That's, that's going to be big. I think if we could find a better place to communicate than Telegram, yeah. that'd be beautiful. It would be. Maybe, right. we can, maybe you can host these uh, in the future on voice instead of having to use uh, YouTube oh. and Zoom meetings. <laughs> how many, hold on, let me check how many slides we got here. Okay, we're, we're almost, almost okay, done. We're almost we're, done. We're almost I was there. like, oh no, we're just now getting to legal. Yeah, There's like two we're, slides. We're good. I bet this legal, sli- these slides are probably the ones that got like obfuscated from what they yeah there's a did. bunch that, that, that they did we didn't mention that but they did say that this this was a redacted version of the slides there are slides missing here mm-hmm. that they shared uh with the sec they're not sharing with us so the only thing that's really kind of of note here uh they are clearly denoting in that last bullet point or last sex section that the tokens have platform utility. So they're just trying to make sure that the SEC understands it's a utility token. They're not dealing with any sort of uh, other regulations. And the value comes from the ability to use the tokens. Um, So they're really pushing that home. The final bullet point says transferability is needed so that users can monetize their own efforts. So they're being very clear uh, with the SEC that that this is going to have monetary value for the users. Um, and with that compliance and, and, and potentially um, taxes down the line, I hate to say that word, but we will potentially have to deal with taxes depending on the level of income that we, we reap from the voice platform. So there, there's, there's the kicker. There's the, the reason the regulators. Carrot. Yeah, that's the carrot. That's right. That's the carrot for the regulators. So imagine, so voice is going to know, your proof of residency, so what jurisdiction you live in, and potentially the tax code could be programmed into it down the line. And what if taxation was automated? That's one of the biggest headaches of cryptocurrency today is figuring out all the taxes, especially whenever we have all these like airdrops and trading and like dividends now with like some of the casinos and even like some of the video games, like games have a dividend like functionality, whatever they want to call it in the game, it's, it's a dividend. Um, it's, it's going to simplify and that that's what we want to do. Like a lot of regulation is like just putting up red tape and creating barriers of entry, but by automating it, making it programmatic, you eliminate all of that overhead of, of complying and you just comply because blockchain has integrity by design. Like it's compliance in the, in the base layer, it's, it's baked in. And it's, I think 
it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen the day uh, voice beta launches. But I think that's the path we're headed on is like automated regulation and automated taxation and transparent taxation is the, the bigger thing for me is like, where, where's the money going? Unfortunately, that's going to be a jurisdiction by jurisdiction yeah. rollout. It's going to be that's years it. or decades before oh, we yeah. see that across the board. But yeah. I look forward to it as well. I look, yeah, I look forward to the day I just got to click review taxes and submit taxes. Everything's automated. Give me your blockchain account. We're good. So this, this last slide here uh, is where we bring that back. We are scoping and planning for compliance with rules and regulations, federal, state, and tax, which may apply at launch. So there you, there you go. They're going to make sure that, that they follow all, all the rules, even tax rules. Um, in the states, I do know, or at least for federal U.S. income tax, there's a 1099 miscellaneous that is only triggered if you hit $600. I'm not sure if this is going to fall under those rules, but mm -hmm. hopefully, if uh, they can get by with with not uh, sending out 10, you know, that sort of uh, information without uh, hitting that level, we'll see. Someone in the live chat upgrade said automated tax would break if a new gang takes it. I don't just for the record, I don't expect any of this tax automation stuff to be part of a voice. This is more of like an overall like blockchain thing and the identity layer would really help that. But don't I, I don't want to get this mixed up that I'm speculating. We'll, we'll have some automated taxation day one, I guess. Just want to point that out. Um, are, we, are we good on this slide? I think we got, I think we're done. Yeah. All right. So let's drop that screen share what are you expecting man what didn't we cover in this post like what should we expect a little over two weeks from today whenever the voice beta launches like yeah. and anything that stood out to you that you want to kind of hit on a little bit further you know uh i think at least with the beta hopefully they'll, they'll allow access across uh, all all entities in all jurisdictions um but it may be and I assume they will. There'll be limited platforms depending on, on where you are. You may not get to enjoy the full functionality, even in beta, depending on where you are. That may be part of their beta process. You're in Indonesia. Sorry, you can't uh, actually play around with the tokens. You have more of a a, um, a viewer only only use of the platform. And we don't know. Uh, we assume that. Uh, I assume that they won't require KYC originally at the beta process. They only require an email. Uh, it's a questionable when when they'll actually start rolling out the KYC process. So, did you want to cover uh, the press release? Yeah, do do that real quick because they do yeah. say that very. You mentioned what do you expect at at, uh, at beta? Come the Feb 14th of February, everyone will be able to experience the product and engineering work that we've been earnestly completing over the last year. So everyone. Uh, so I assume that, like I said, it's open to all jurisdictions. Uh, so you have some stuff highlighted there. Um, Basically, they, they mentioned that they've got a, a boatload of like third-party providers and partners like already on board here they've got security tools infrastructure partners uh basically just explaining like the army of people that are required to actually make this happen like mm -hmm. the, the reason it hasn't happened until now is because no one's had the money to do it and no one had the forethought to work with regulators instead of against them because mm -hmm. you're only going to get so far if you're trying to, to fight the man. I think this is the way to do it. You, you, you fight it from the inside uh, and then you work on compliance over a, a longer time frame. But I think yes. com 
appliance is definitely getting better and more transparent. Uh, as so soon back as- up to that, uh, that, that one right there. So they say even more challenging is enabling voice to be a truly global, global product. It will inevitably be. So at launch, it, it won't be uh, available around the globe. Uh, they go on to say that their key markets are America's Europe, Africa, and Asia. And they're working with the product team and legal team to limit functionality where needed. So we, we knew this was coming if they have not uh, met the requirements of the local jurisdiction, you, your tokens will be limited. You won't be able to use the platform as fully as someone in a, in a jurisdiction that has granted full uh, rights to the, the voice and token, uh, but that they hope to quickly grant access to new territories as they become available to us. So it's going to be a rollout. You know, they're going to have some areas with UKYC, you have full access to the tokens, others, um, certain states, even within the U.S., may not allow you to use the tokens right away. We'll have to see. As excited as I am about the voice news, and I am, I'm also excited uh, for something that's coming up this Friday. So <clears throat> at the top of this blog post here, a regulatory recap, we see this building here, Washington, D.C. This is the Capitol building on Capitol Hill. This is uh, where the future of money, governance, and law is going to be hosted on Friday. And I will be in attendance with about 15 to 20, at least other EOSIO community members that I'm aware of. There's a whole crew from Liberland gonna be there. Uh, EOS Costa Rica, EOS Detroit, Cypher Glass, um, Dappiness will have some representation there. I'll, I'll be there, I guess I already said that. Phoenix, shout out to Phoenix. Uh, but it's gonna be at the Capitol building. Uh, it's going to be a lot of governance talk and the, the keynote speakers here. It's a very EOSIO leaning event. Tim Draper uh, on the board of SenseChat. Also, Bitcoin bull. I don't, I don't think he needs an introduction. And, and Dan Larimer, two of the keynote speakers. And, and also Scott Stornetta. I don't know as much about his background, but as you can see by his description, he's, a, he's an OG. He's definitely someone worth listening to, but I think he's kind of outside the scope of our ESIO agenda I'm trying to push here. Uh, so we got Draper and we have Larimer. And then if we pull up the schedule of events here, which is on this tab, uh, it starts off with uh, right after lunch, we have a preparing for the future panel. And the moderator is a guy named Bryant Nielsen. We'll get into him in a second. He's the executive director of the Blockchain Training Academy. And he's doing a panel with Thomas Cox. I think everyone, most people know who Thomas Cox is. He's a former Block One employee, uh, left Block One, started a company called Strong Block. They do like blockchain as a service and blockchain governance stuff. Uh, so he's going to be on this panel along with Rob Stewart, CEO of Federal Government Experts, probably a consultancy if I had to guess. Uh, but the moderator is interesting here. Who is Bryant Nielsen? I, I, I was curious myself. So typically, whenever I want to know who someone is, I do the logical thing and I go to LinkedIn. And it looks like he was just hired this month, January 2020, as the new director of training at Block One. Now, what's this guy's background? Well, he's on the board of directors uh, for the Government Blockchain Association, the the organization hosting this conference at the Capitol building in Washington, DC. He's also run the blockchain Academy for the last four years, which 
uh, from what I understand, it's to help onboard developers and train enterprise uh, corporations on uh, blockchain use cases, probably a lot of uh, Ethereum and R3 type stuff. It doesn't say on here what he did. But the fact of the matter is that he was just hired as the block one director of technical training. And that's a position that I've been uh, looking forward to being filled for a very long time. I, I went back, I brought up that position. It was called the director of education back then, but in October, 2018 or September, 2018 was the first time I brought up this position that this man is filling. So he's going to be in charge of, of leading the technical training of EOSIO. And at this, at this event here, uh, I'll pull up the guest list, uh, you saw the guest list. Yeah. Right. It's, some it's, of those companies that'll be there. It's extensive, man. I was looking at it earlier. Uh, you got JP Morgan Chase, U.S. Navy, U.S. all sorts of regulators going to be there from the IRS to others, the Fed. You've got dozens of bank organizations from around the U.S. Uh, God, so many law firms and just uh, hundreds of different blockchain mm -hmm. organizations, all the way from consensus to, you know, what, almost a dozen representatives from block one. So it's going to be uh, very well attended and, and to have a, a presence there and, uh, and be in front of that group. All, all well. of the big accounting companies, Accenture, I think Ernst & Young might be on there. All, all of the big players, Ernst & Young, all of the big players in the enterprise and, and corporations, they're all going to be there. And this is basically a block one event. That, that's the point I want to get across here is this is a pro EOSIO event. Uh, not only is uh, Bryant the moderator of that one panel, I also found out earlier today that he's also the MC of the entire event. So he's going to be the one introducing everyone on and off stage. A block one employee is going to be in that position. Dan Larimer is the keynote speaker as far as I'm concerned. And everyone in this audience is people who are going to be very interested to hear what Block One's been up to as far as their enterprise offerings and what they're planning to do with voice.com. Uh, and I'm especially looking forward to Coindesk being there. Maybe, maybe our buddy Brady <laughs> Dale is going to be at this event and maybe he could uh, offer some nice balanced coverage on what Block One's really doing. That, that'd be that'd amazing. Be a, a breath of fresh air if that happened. Uh, so as far as the enterprise offerings, um, I wanted to pull up this is something that Dan said at his um, speech in Blocksburg, which I was also at. I'm like, I'm like the basically EOSIO journalist here. Uh, they, they used to say EOS was the glue that binded together all the EOSIO chains. I think it might be me. Uh, that was a joke, but it wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it was bad. Uh, okay, so basically he's been pushing this agenda of like blockchain replacing SQL. Like basically if blockchain had the integrity by design and transparency and auditability that blockchain provides with equal or better performance as what's currently available, then it would be negligence for a, a business or a corporation or a bank or an accounting firm to not uh, eventually move to a blockchain based infrastructure. And I think that was, uh, that, that's been kind of the narrative that they've been pushing here for quite some time. I think this event is really uh, going to push that narrative even further. And I just want to bring up one of Bloomer's tweets he made this morning. I mean, uh, it, it just sounds, I'm not going to read the tweet, tweet storm, but it basically sounds like he's talking about the, the enterprise EOSIO use case here. And this is exactly who their target market's going to be with all the in integrations. We think voice is going to be a platform that you could integrate on top of 
So onboarding all of these enterprises and corporations and universities and governments, like we speculated a year ago that block one was going to be working with the government as far as like the US government. It sounds like it's more likely that they're going to work with a whole bunch of governments and th this Friday might be step one to making that happen. Uh, I, I think that's that's my agenda today, man. Yeah, Zach, I'm, I'm we're, we, we're going on an hour here, man. You, you got to bring us home. Let's let's let's. You got to bring us home, man. You are the host today. Bring us home. Shall All we? right. Well, hey, again, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I, I like it. Uh, I got to uh, do Go EOS and exploring EOS and. EOS is very cool and all the other ones, so um, I'm glad to be able to round it out with everything I, that's here. And I, I'm sorry, I, I I I just looked at my notes. I left oh, out. You, you said earlier there's like tw ten people from Block One going to be there. Yeah. They have an attendance list. I'm not going to share all their names, but it's their entire enterprise team. That's why I kept talking about enterprise. They have Ted Cahall. He was the former uh, CTO of AOL, uh, the former executive or corporate vice president at Microsoft. And now he's the executive vice president at block one. They have a guy that basically ran a giant territory for Oracle. He's in charge of their enterprise program. He's the chief revenue officer. He's going to be there. So basically all of these uh, super hires that they've made, the technical training guy I mentioned earlier, they're all going to be in the house along with all of the governments, all of the universities and all of the enterprise. And I hope that uh, they make some uh, sort of voice announcement. I would be ecstatic. That's my prediction. I wanted to ask if you had any predictions. My one speculation is that uh, it'll be announced on Friday that uh, voice has regulatory clarity of something. I think um, maybe that pilot program that um, I, I talked about on here before about um, the SEC commissioner, uh, Hester Purse has brought up this pilot program for tokens with the SEC. I think that might get brought up with with voice launching in two weeks. I think that would would make sense if they have the clarity. I don't know if they do. Yeah, that would be huge if they can come out and say that they've reached uh, federal compliance and are starting to work on on other uh, locations and jurisdictions. That'd be that'd be great. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come out here and put my uh, my hat on and, and uh, try to make some make some make some wild predictions. I, 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 I had to calm down the speculation though. So think about the differences here between. They're, it's both in block, B1 June mm -hmm. and all of the stuff happening in the next two weeks and this weekend. The difference here is voice is two weeks away as in as opposed to in the summer. We didn't know it at the time. It was almost eight months away. Uh, there's so much less hype and expectations. I, th I think Dan could fart on stage and we'd all get excited because our expectations are so low this time. Whereas at block one, we're like, all right, Donald Trump's going to walk up on stage and all this fun stuff. Zuckerberg's going to be there. All this crazy stuff's going to happen, but it was a little bit early. It was a yeah. little bit early. And the audience here is a, is a lot different from, from B1 June where there will be a lot of the EOS community in attendance as well. Um, we're getting a much wider, wider uh, expanse here. There are going to be a lot of people shaking hands in the audience and, and learning a lot about EOS out there. If they talk to me, they're not going to ever uh, get me to stop talking about EOS and EOSIO. So I'm not representing block one there. I'll be representing everything EOS and liquid apps, uh, but I will be representing EOSIO as I always am. Hey, hey, you're going to give us some, some feedback, some tweets, and, and keep us uh, updated throughout the, out the day, right? I will. Some you can video, expect, some uh, pictures. I'm going to try to do some, like, I got like a stick microphone. I'm going to try to get someone to hold the camera. And I'm just going to go oh, bum nice. rush people and bother them. Yeah, go get some uh, some good interviews here.
we'll, we'll see what I could pull off. I, I hope I don't let everyone down, but I'll at least be reporting back. And that reminds me there. I, I think that this stuff's going to be live streamed. I'll put the links in the description, but if you're not able to make it to Washington DC this Friday, I'm 99% sure that the entire event's going to be live streamed. So I'll make sure I, I share all of those links. So you guys could be like live tweeting with me. Cool. Look forward to it. All right, man. I think, I think that's it. I think you started to close out. Nobody's got yeah, to well, it. well, Zach, we have a certain way we like to close out uh, everything else. Uh, do you know how that goes? I, I think I do. I, I think well, I got to say, until next time, I'm Zach Gall. And I'm Chaney Moore. And this, this is Everything, is everything EOS. EOS. Go EOS. Go EOS. Uh, what's Rob say? Smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe, comment, live chat, yada, yada, yada. Uh, like it. Yeah. I'll see you guys next week or later this week, whenever I see you later.